0: Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs, this is episode 255, I'm your host Duncan McLeish, welcome to the show. Upon this episode we are taking our next step in the journey that is the American Horror Project box set by Arrow Video. I'll be of course joined by my buddy who's doing all things box sets with me at the moment, my good buddy Derek, and we're going to continue our look through the first ...of two American Horror Project box sets. The second movie we'll be looking at in box set number one is Premonition. Another little slab of 70s Americana coming up after the first break. Before we get to that, it's a brand new week under the stairs. This is November. Things are weird. This is us kind of still existing in the post-October bubble where we're not quite sure if we still celebrating Halloween. Did we ever stop celebrating Halloween? I mean, horror's an all-season thing for all fans. So, I don't know. I don't know. I always find that November feels increasingly weird. And I tend to find that most of my viewing is all over the place. There ain't no themes, ain't no strategy, ain't no through-line or currency to what I watch. It's all a bit ad hoc. And to be honest, I kind of enjoy the month being a bit loosey-goosey that way if I'm honest, because December is a listener choice month and it also gears up for two weeks off for this guy. So yeah, what do you have in store for you this week? Well, we're back to four episodes this week, ladies and gents, kicking right off here with our look at Premonition. On Thursday, you're getting a bonus episode. It's a little bonus Ooh, little bonus content coming your way, we will be reviewing a brand new title available on Shudder doing a little bit of Blood Vessel then on Saturday I'll be bringing you more bonus content, another little episode that drop in your way to entice you, enthrall you and maybe entertain you before Sunday, Sunday, Sunday swings around and we do the Arrow video assortment so that is your week lined up for you On the Teapots Collective, you are getting a kind of concluding, rounding off bonus episode of Chronicle. Looking back over the great work that we did in Season 3, looking at British folk horror cinema. So that will be coming your way. It won't be particularly long, but hopefully it'll be quite fun as I chart out other movies we did not cover that almost made the list that are worthy of your time. There you go, that is all that is lined up for you this week Plenty to boot And hopefully you are involved in our Facebook group page Because that's where all the stuff for Listener Choice December is dropping I'm looking for suggestions, there are polls You get involved, you control the month ladies and gents You need to be on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash T-Puts cast. Now, we're going to take a short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for Premonition. When I return, I'm joined with Derek. We're going to get into that movie right after this.
1: Hello, this is the Doom Show. Keep on keeping on and keep on trucking, America. We don't listen to our feedback because we don't get any. (laughs) (laughs) The truth hurts. I just alienated the two people that give us constant feedback. Sorry, guys. That's got to (laughs) go. That's got to go in there. So on the show, uh, we talk about giallo movies, and slasher movies, and cult movies, sometimes we even talk about Cameron Mitchell, and his movies. I am Richard, who are you? I am Brad, the guy that's not Richard, or Jeffrey, or Simon. That's right, we have four people, and we always talk at once, except to each other. Jeffrey lives up north, Simon lives across the world, Richard lives in Penis, Alabama. Hello, This is the Doom Show is a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Check out the other shows on legionpodcast.com. You can check out more Hello, This is the Doom Show at hellodoomshow.podomatic.com or at doommoviethon.com. Check for our Amazon exclusive Hello, This is the Doom Show cookbook. Do you like hot dogs? (laughs) We got them. Do you like mac and cheese? We got it. Do you like cheddar? We have it. Actually, we don't. No, no cheddar. Just Colby. Colby Jack. Hello, this is the Doom Show. We never gave up on you because you never gave up on us. Wow. You are witnessing an experiment in
2: parapsychology. Some call it the science of the future. Others denounce it, along with ESP, clairvoyance, and reincarnation. But it is perhaps the only help left to protect this woman and her family from the possessive nightmare of her own premonitions.
1: No! She is mine She'll always be mine. Oh my God, no, no, no.
0: no! And how do you account for it?
1: According to the present laws of physical science, I couldn't.
0: She says it did happen.
1: Yes. And other equally inexplicable events may occur as well.
2: Turn on the light. Yes, the premonition, inspired by insanity huh? and hatred. Hello,
1: Sherry. This is Andrea. Huh?
0: Get down, Janie! Look, honey, let's just get out of here, will you? This place belongs to somebody. We can't come in here and look on this lake like this. Come on.
1: There's death. There's death in this lake.
2: Hatred that will not die, even after death. The premonition is so real, You'll sense it, feel it, see it. Or will you? And all you may have to fear is that you can lose your mind.
0: And welcome back, ladies and gents. So here we are, the second movie in the American Horror Project. This is the second movie in the first box set, and we are covering The Premonition. This movie came out in 1976. Uh, the details is listed on the Arrow Films website is Beyond the Power of an Exorcist. The mid-1970s saw the rise in popularity of films centering on the subject of parapsychology, led by Carrie, Brian De Palma's classic tale of telekinetic terror. Precognition, or future sight would be the topic under exploration in Robert Alan Sch- Schnitzer's Contrib- <laughs> a, contribution, no, that's laughing at Schnitzer. a contribution to the psychic craze and the chilling and much overlooked, the premonition. Mother, Sherry Bennett, played by Sharon Farrell of Night the Comments and 16, is assailed by terrifying visions in which a strange woman attempts to steal away her five-year-old daughter, Janie. Are these b- bizarre occurrences the result of some sort of mental disturbance, or is there something more sinister of it? Featuring a haunting score from accomplished classical composer Henry Mullicone, the premonition has remained unjustly obscure over the years but is heralded as a true classic of the 70s US horror movie making by genre aficionados. The details here, like I say, in 1976, and the movie runs about an hour and a half, just over an hour and a half. In terms of notable cast and crew, director Robert Alan Schnitzer cast is Sharon Farrell, Edward Bell and Danielle Despois, I think I say pronounce that, probably not. Um, of course I'm reading from the Arrow site so we don't get much in the way of talking about the incredible bonkers remaining cast but we will get to that through our review. Um, so joining me, continuing the journey through here is my buddy Derek. We have landed on the Premonition and you will have to remind me Derek as to whether or not this was a first time watch.
2: This was actually a first time watch for me, this movie.
0: Nice, right, so we're both in exactly the same boat here, uh, which is good. I I like to to feel that sometimes it's best with these more, I was going to say obscure, I don't actually know if this movie is as obscure as Stephen Thrower claims it is, um, or whether or not it's just a movie that doesn't necessarily spring to the minds of people that are talking about like, 70s horror cinema. The reason I say that is I remember doing my shortlist for 1976 on the summer series, and I can't remember any conversation, even at the sidelines, about, you know, I I feel that we should have the premonition, even for a conversation. I can't even remember it coming up. Um, Which kind of makes sense to an extent, because this movie doesn't necessarily... Well, here's a good question to begin with. Is this movie actually a horror movie? I
2: would class it more as like a parapsychological thriller.
0: I'm the same. I thought there was a bit of kind, of kind of family drama mixed with, you know, a bit of what you could see is maybe supernatural, but most likely the kind of parapsychology. Mm-hmm. Or, um, maybe the,
2: the only way I would... Classes or as horrors if it was psychological horror, because you know that one lady's going through some fucking shit in and- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, the women don't, the, both women in this movie don't fear entirely too well, if we're being honest. Um, so, the the kind of loose synopsis in this movie, uh, the loose story in this movie is that you have a kind of fairly well settled down family, father, mother, daughter, except the mother is. Uh, suffering the weird visions that she's seeking treatment for on the other side you have a woman who is for lack of a better word fucking crazy and she is obsessed with the daughter that was taken away from her and wouldn't you know it um the the, the little girl that she's going to try and kidnap in this movie is who she thinks is her you know daughter taken away um and fostered uh when you know she was losing her shit to help her do this kidnapping she's befriended um, i mean
2: <laughs> what can you say it, he's the best part of the movie
0: he's fucking amazing <laughs> he's actually actually amazing um so we have a what's his name Jude the clown is that is that was what? yeah. it Jude or Jules the clown is one of the two uh, yeah Uh, Played by Derek?
2: Richard Lynch.
0: (laughs) Gravely, gravely not quite Marlon Brando, but could be if you squint your eyes and you turn off the lights, uh, Richard (laughs) Lynch, um, who plays a kind of carny clown. So once again, linking into the previous movie we discussed, Back to the Carnival, uh, a carny clown who takes photographs um, of people in those, you know, those kind of funny cut out kind of wood structures where you put your head through and and stuff. So he takes family pictures and he has come across uh, a picture that he has taken of who he believes is the the missing uh, foster daughter um, and is going to help. The clown has a slight rage problem, (laughs) it's safe to say, which is triggered by one of the greatest details of this movie, which is the actual build-up of the sound of his rage, which mm. can... <laughs> <laughs> starts turning into the Hulk and shit. <laughs> snapping
2: people's necks. <laughs> um,
0: well, yeah, well, this precipitates general violence from him, so which shows that he is maybe not necessarily a stable character. And their plan um, is to kidnap. This girl and settle down and be a family together, which I'm just gonna say is you know this is how you this is how you breed a a fucking a sherryman zombie from fucking house of a thousand corpses right here. This is how that shit happens. Um, Hate to be using Rob Zombie again, but there we go. (laughs) At its core, though, at its core, though, for all the, the weirdness on here, what I was most surprised by when watching The Premonition, is how kind of classic American kind of thriller this movie is and how really well it's put together. I mean, this feels like there was time, there was craft, and dare I say it, there was budget to make this movie. What did you think? Yeah,
2: you know, everything that you say, I agree with completely. Like, this movie looks timeless you know mm. I love the aspect the cinematography is amazing in this movie the jump you know like that whole opening scene where Richard Lynch does his mime dances yes yeah. things of nightmares and you know <laughs> it's it's just well choreographed and shot and I, uh, it's just you know they have budget they go to different locations and stuff that we' never seen in like the last movie we talked about Malatesta. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it builds. It's world building this movie with the aspect, and you know the nightmare logic dreamscapes that this one woman goes through is nuts. And you know they had to pay a little bit of money to get that effect of the car freezing up and shit. Like
0: <laughs> the, the car, the the mirror. It's a, it's such a clever like effect. Actually, like when I was watching it, I was kind of trying to work it in my head how the how they did it. You know what I mean? Because like, it's obviously an overlay and it's obviously done like in sections, but it's really, really well done. And it's the sort of thing that when you start to to put the old high def over it, you usually can see the cracks pretty yeah. quick. But as an effect, it works, it works really well. I think what also kind of stands it in its stead is that it, with its kind of... You know, this is the in-vogue thing to do in thrillers. To do with you know like telekinesis and you know all the all the the subject matter that comes with the very loose knowledge that we had with it in the 70s and to be honest that we still have with it now um as a kind of plot device there's nothing out with that that would horribly date it you know out with like clothes or or, or whatnot it is kind of like i mean i feel like i've seen You know, movies in the '90s that have a plot of the the one that kind of struck me was like something like the hand that rocks the cradle. The idea of you know, like a like a a wounded mother who is determined to to get to get their hands on the thing that's been taken away. Such a such a really interesting detail here, and once again, one of the kind of and it's so over the top performance, but really works for me is our our kind of. Or you know a mentally unstable, um, you know mother here who's trying to get her kid back because she thinks that's what's going to fix things, and she's nursing a doll essentially um, as a, as a way to kind of win her on that. And some of the some of the more kind of sympathetic scenes, if we can say that about that character, are seeing how much she cares about this doll. And I thought it was a nice little touch because there are moments where she is like completely, horrendously batshit crazy. Um, But there are moments where kind of almost these little bits of of compassion and rationale kick in. Like she can't go through with kidnapping the kid. And I think it is on some level because she knows it's not the right thing to do. And, you know, what she doesn't understand... Is that you know she's just partnered up with someone who you know won't let it go. Like this guy has, this guy's in a in a weird. He's more obsessed with it than she is. uh, Yeah, he's kind. I think what he's done is he's pinned his hopes of what he sees as the picture perfect future on her dream of having that kid back. And when that is taken away from her, he spirals into. You know, this is his way to get out of the carnival. This is his way to settle down and have something. She has that really amazing line where you know, like you, you know, you'll never be a father, uh, you know, which is the thing that triggers him off. And there's there is that kind of idea of but this guy probably hasn't had much luck in relationships, and this guy's probably you know, women have an innate sense to you know, <laughs> some of them are attracted to the creepiness, others are repelled. Um, yeah. And I get this feeling that you know. That's the there's something in his backstory that that just kind of triggers something kind of close and, to it,
2: and that and that also helps when you cast somebody like Richard Lynch oh, too because so goodness. of especially the way he looks and either way you know like with the burns of course is you know Richard Lynch is, is famously known for burning himself while he was live on acid. You yeah,
0: know? I mean, as you do, as you do, yeah.
2: <laughs> You know, so that, you know, it's great because it was kind of scary too. Like the whole scene before that scene where, you know, like she's playing with the doll and he's like, all right, I have enough of this. And he just fucking rips the doll's head off. I'm like picturing in the future if they actually succeeded with the plan. Oh, that poor girl's going to get her head ripped off. This is what I
0: mean. Like you imagine that would have been a household full of domestic abuse if that's all it takes to trigger this guy. And the fact that, you know, um, you know, so the the attempt to the kidnapping, um which is really the like the first half an hour of this movie is the setup to the kidnap, so it's is them kinda, you know, doubling down on this is definitely the kid. We're spending a bit of time here with um what's her face? A a Sherry Bennett as a character it's played by Sharon Farrell, who's really good in this. Um as she's going through these like, visions that she's having and her insecurities and, you know, like, the, the stuff that's happening on that side. So you've got these kind of... You've got this kind of different sides of the same coin, so to speak, in terms of... I was going to say unstable. I don't necessarily think either cat. Well, one's definitely unstable. I don't think uh, Sharon Farrell's character's unstable. I just think she's haunted by things she can't explain. Yeah. And... You know, so like we spend the first half of this movie building up to the kidnap, and then that was the thing that threw me because I obviously knew nothing about this movie at all, really, with the synopsis we read in the last episode, and I assumed, you know, the kidnapping happened near the end of the movie, and then to see it kind of fall through the way it does, and then I was like, all right, so wait, the next part of the movie is them building up to a second kidnap, or the police now trying to track down the, the kind of failed kidnappers. And then within, what, 20 minutes of that, we've killed off the woman who's determined to get her child back. Mm-hmm. And then from this point onwards, it's the Richard Lynch villain show. And I think in some ways it kind of felt... The movie felt weirdly paced that way, and it felt weirdly weirdly structured. But on another hand, I actually really enjoyed it for that because this movie is almost bookended with, you know, Richard Lynch doing his kind of psycho clown performance. And it really, really, really works. You know, it really, really, really works. This is kind of, like, kind of... The reason that some people consider Carnies to be quite scary is that they just exist in their own little world. They have their own language for, for all intents and purposes. And he is, for... He's the perfect psycho in this movie because he can smile and he can put on somewhat of a, ven- a veneer to allow people to... I mean, he is someone that makes people smile so he can take photos of them. So there is that kind of disarming quality about him. But behind those eyes is just this fire of of pure insanity and... Um, and we don't get to see him this is what kind of was starting to sway me away from is actually a horror movie because we don't actually get to see him kill the you know the the mother he doesn't he doesn't do that, that happens off camera but we do hear her the the kind of ree- kind of sound kicking and yeah. then them um, grab the knife and storm out after And we do hear the screams as the camera fades out but you know the last part of this movie is really. The mother still being haunted with visions beyond the grave uh, at this point. So if she thought she was getting out of it, it wasn't happening. And, you know, getting in an accident, the daughter finding her way to the carnival. And then the scariest of all things, Richard Lynch is like, well, you know, yeah, I could still be her dad.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I'm going to live in the, the lady that's like helping care with the child. You know, like, what the fuck is going on? This ain't right, you
0: know? Yeah, and he's, like, there's at least one more death which happens, once again, off-screen, which is a slight bugbearer for me, but I understand why they did it. Um, But there's a woman who lives just down from him who's going to, you know, who's going to help him, like, until he drives off to start a new life with this kid. And, you know, at some point she understands that this guy's not fit uh, and I'm gonna phone the police on him and he finds out and we see her body at the end of the movie kind of fall out. Um, yeah I'm on I'm this this is the Richard Lynch show and I'm quite happy for it. Interestingly enough when I was reading a lot of reviews, a lot of reviews were kind of um, kind of post-viewing post uh, we're leaning back on uh, Sharon Farrell's performance and like I said before I think she's really good in this movie but she's playing a role that feels entirely familiar for the time period. Whereas yeah. I think Richard Lynch is really kind of hamming up the, you know, the I am the psychotic clown performance. And then I was trying to think if there had been many portrayals of killer clowns before this. And I, don't, I couldn't think of any off the top of my head pre-76. You know, it, with something that would make sense set in a carnival.
2: Me neither. Besides, like maybe like a early like Lon Chaney performance, but that's about it.
0: Yeah, and I think it's kind of like a bold step to do that, and I think that works really, really well. Um, I want to touch on something you mentioned to do with the camera work and the cinematography, because it's really fucking good in this movie. I mean, and it's a testament to that. ...from the clean-up job that Arrow have done in the restoration, which looks amazing. I mean, this movie looks as good as the Arrow Blu-ray for Burnt Offerings... ...or, you know, like, movies that come after this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's really well done. Um, and it did give me that kind of familiar feel of... ...like, movies of the time. You know, there are that kind of... ...not quite Vaseline on the, the lens, but there are those kind of smokier, softer... Kind of palettes that the camera work goes for, which I, I really enjoyed. What did you make of the what did you make overall of the pacing? So I'm saying it's a bit disjointed the way that they it, kind it, of set up and then pull back and go somewhere that you don't expect.
2: I, I, when people say that certain movies are too slow for them, I could totally understand that. Uh, you know, it's 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 definitely a mood piece. I could see this as a mood piece for a lot of people because of the pace. Of, it is slow burn at its core. It's 70s slow burn, mm. you know, with like the char- It's character development mostly. This movie, where you have like this, uh, the husband of a uh, Sherry Bennett's uh, character, who's like trying to figure out what's going on with his wife. She, he doesn't know this. she's. He doesn't believe in the psychosis shit, you know. He's trying to figure it out and trying to find out what's going on. You know, I I kind of like that aspect of the movie though, so I'm into it. I'm all into the like the investigation of what's going on with her mm-hmm. and while they that's happening. Also they're trying to investigate what's going on with trying to find the kid. I, I I kinda like that aspect. you know and you know, the aspect of I love the twitch. I love the switch where, you know, you think this mother is gonna get her try to kidnap her kid, but then Richard Lynch is like, uh bitch <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> fucking rip your throat out <laughs> Throw <laughs> you in the lake. You know, it's like, it's great. I like that, you know, and I like how it's still like mind fucking or like with the telephone call. still, you know,
0: I'm going to get you. Yeah.
2: You know, and you don't know if it's in her head or, you know, it's like a supernatural thing. I kind of like that kind of question. Is it real or is it not? Mm -hmm. You know, in that sense. And, you know, I can see people not liking this film for the pace of it. I liked it because I was in, disengaged with the, the way that it was put together. And, you know, it had a few twists that I wasn't expecting yeah. to watch, you know. So I, I actually really liked the pace and I could see why people wouldn't, though.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The pacing worked for me. Like, the, the fact that they mix up the storytelling. Like I say, the fact that you would expect... Where you expect going into this movie the, the structure... To be kind of different, like a, like almost like someone has swapped a little part around. Um, I really, I really appreciated that. I mean, it, it is a slow burn, but I think it's a slow burn and the best way to use that as a technique. For the very reason that you've stated, I think it gives you time to really spend with characters and kind of like flesh them out and really get into it. They're dealing with like subject matter here, which, in you know, in the <laughs> Don't think anyone has done it as bad as *Exorcist* two *The Heretic*, but you know it's it's certainly up there of you know the powers of the mind and what can it do and <laughs> like, like all these things. It's kind of ha- kind of ham fistedly dealing with it, but in a way which doesn't feel like well this is just pure fucking nonsense. You know there's there is a kind of classical quality to which the you know to which uh, Schnitzner, um like kind of works with it. And I think that works. I also really like, for the most part, the script. There's a couple of lines, mostly by the cops, to be honest, which were like, "Ah, oh, that's a bit cringy." Um, yeah, you know, these
2: cops are always like that.
0: Yeah, just a, a bit clunky and a bit like, I've been spoiled with kind of modern cop portrayals in movies where cops like speak like I imagine cops would speak like, and there's something a bit too TV detective about... Their portrayal in here, which I, I'm like, it doesn't ruin it for me by any stretch, but compared to some of the rest of the script in the movie, which, like I say, I think is pretty strong um, and underpinned with relatively good performances for most of the crew, but exceptional performances in the in the kind of leader lead roles of the movie. I, I really liked that as well. Another thing I, I thoroughly enjoyed was the score. The score of this movie has that kind of. Very classical, kind of thriller esque sort of score. This is not a horror score by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, and it doesn't seem too dissimilar, weirdly, from the sort of stuff that you get from De Palma. So I can see the carry connection there as well, and that is a more traditional kind of softer sounding score, which worked well for me. What did you think of it?
2: Yeah, I liked it. You know, I I definitely sound like the Palma style into it. You know, like pino ginagio yeah. the first thing i thought about or like maybe someone like i even thought of like chinatown jerry goldsmith scored to chinatown mm. in some states you know with some of the subtle music in that movie it i really liked it i would like you know, eric arrow records dropped that shit yo <laughs> you, know, yeah. <laughs> if, you know, uh yeah i actually you know i was thinking about it while i was watching this movie too like what would I double feature this movie with? And the first thing that came in my mind was, like, the Killing Hour. That movie from the 80s. more, yeah. You know, it, they kind of have similar feels. More like thrillers where you get to know the characters. And they both had, like, that psycho kinetic thing going on within them. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a good double feature with this one and that one. In that sense, where I was like, yeah, I would do that one day. Double feature that shit. You know, like... But the musical score is great. Again, I agree completely with everything you said. This movie just surprised the shit out of me, all in all.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I, I was kind of... I, like, I thought I knew what I was... I actually thought I knew what I was getting from the box set because of... what like I've said before, I've seen uh, The Witch Who Came From the Sea and I, I, I do really like that movie. And, you know, uh, Malatesta's Carnival of Blood was a surprise to me because... It was kind of what I was expecting the box set to have, but I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. That I kind of thought, you know, the law of averages on box sets dictates that, you know, when we get to this one here, this is the one that everyone seems to want to talk about, but this will be the one that just doesn't connect with me. Um, and it, it really did. I, th- I there was, I really enjoyed it. I, I think there. I can see why, because if you watch the Blu-ray, Stephen Thrower obviously does his introduction, gives you a bit of blurb about the movie, but I can see why he was speaking so passionately about it, and I think it's a great addition to the box set, because I now have three movies from this time period that really, probably is the the kind of goal of the box set overall, that show three completely different styles uh, of doing 70s genre Americana cinema. Like, completely, none of the three of these movies could be remotely the same, you know, similar at all, or come up in any way, shape, or form a conversation that doesn't include, oh, Arrows put a box set of those three movies out. Um, Which, you know, I mean, I I really enjoy it. It was so well put together, I was shocked. Um, Once again, not taking anything away from Malatesta, but it is a miracle that that movie works as well as it does, Uh, and we, I think, said as much when we watched it, but watching this one, it just felt, there's something, timeless is the word, you mentioned it right at the start, there's a timeless, classic feel to this movie, and as a result, I just found myself fully invested from from that opening weird dance in those white linen trousers, uh, to a, a crazy Richard Lynch, you know, fighting with a <laughs> fighting with an astrophysicist uh, while a dead body lies behind him like, I, I, I was all the way through the movie I was just I was in it and then it started making me think about movies that you know, Carrie's an obvious one in here The Brood would go really well with this The Brood and Premonition would make oh. a fucking bitch in Double Bill Um so you know what I mean like one hardly any gore the other one all the gore uh, but that idea of kind of grief and loss and pain and the manifest like all that stuff just I had this all floating through my head and I was like yeah and that's that was the biggest thing that came away from me is how much I would enjoy coming back to watch The Premonition again which I mean, if if you're Stephen Thrower, this is a fucking home run for you because you got exactly what you wanted from me. Um, I've w- I definitely watched this movie again, so, yeah, I was quite I was quite impressed. Is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like to mention now, Derek?
2: No, but I just want to say to the audiences out there, clown Richard Lynch is terrifying when he's <laughs> taking pictures. It's fucking scary as shit because you can still see, like, is like, a, excuse me, I hit my mic by accident. But uh, he, uh, he has, you can see like the makeup where the makeup ends, you can see like his burn marks on yeah, his head. Yeah, so, yeah. It's fucking crazy looking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> can we have another Richard Lynch impression?
2: Smile for the camera, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she's not your baby, your baby's with her mom.
0: That does my heart so well and will cause me not to sleep tonight. Uh, Right, um, you know what we do here, we do a little grade. We both came in pretty high on Malatesta's Carnival of Blood. Uh, We both came in at a four with that one. I'm just going to put it out here uh, for, for the listeners out there that need to know the grades. One is hated it, two is didn't like it, three is liked it, four is really liked it, five is loved it. Uh, This is another 4 for me I I, I really, really like this movie I think in time Given the right situation, the right circumstances And the right viewing patterns This might creep up to a 4.5 But as it stands just now uh, The Arrow box set for the American Horror Project Is 2 for 2 with me And I already know what I think of what Who Came From The Sea So I'm excited to get onto that one What grade, Derek, are you going to give The Premonition?
2: I'm going to give this 4.5 Richard Lynch smiles out of 5. <laughs> I really like this movie.
0: It's, it's good. It's really, really, really good. I, I don't know why I'm sounding as shocked. The, the problem is, and I, I think we, you, you you know my pain here. The problem is, like, I'm just used to... Other film companies releasing box sets and collections of movies, and and sitting down and watching them and realizing I just own a box full of turkeys um, that I'm not used to. I'm not used to like back to back, like good movies in a box set dedicated to obscure cinema. I'm just I'm just not used to that. So uh, and like I say, i I know what I felt after watching Witch You Came From the Sea the first time, that I'm really excited to see the arrow print and, and what comes from, but I think yeah, I mean if you take one thing away from this, if you've never seen The Premonition and uh, you fancy a bit of a slower watch, uh, something with a bit of intrigue and mystery and something with uh, Richard Lynch is a clown, <laughs> kidnapping kids <laughs> um, then yeah The Premonition is definitely a movie that should be on your radar, Paul show. Um Derek, you do things in other places. Um, You talk about movies that people can check. Those shows out, Where pre-tell. Sure.
2: Uh, Of course, uh, Cinema Attack actually will be released in our Halloween episode probably around the same time this show comes out. Nice. So so that should be out around the same time. So check that out on Dark Discussions. Uh, They're here. We're, We're planning our next episode soon, but we just launched on Dark Discussions also normal ruin hell should be recording should be out next week you might hear two episodes of that next week Spoiler, right? uh <laughs> i've been recording a lot of busy stuff and sadly i have to announce this from the last time i was here celluloid dissections has ended but fear not me and miss carly are actually playing a brand new show where i think it's gonna be interesting you know we might have to compete with some other shows that mean and Duncan know about but uh on a certain film this genre but i'll mm-hmm. talk about uh, more off here because i'm not ready to announce it to the world yet but that should be fun you know we had fun with satellite dissections it was just i was getting kind of sick of the format and i wanted to try something different mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know and i think this is a good fit and this is something that we both wanted to do for a long time we we bonded over this certain aspect of movies trying to be a little more secretive but that should be out soon and also but still on hiatus of course underwater kaiju from outer space due Mm -hmm. to personal things Mm -hmm. it happens (laughs) but that's about it for me duncan you know
0: awesome and i'm very much looking forward to uh getting the inside scoop on the thing that the listeners are now like blue-balled over uh, wanting to know, and that's right you can, you can just have to hold it uh, <laughs> we are going to be back in a couple of weeks time to conclude the first box set with uh, The Witch Who Came From The Sea um, which <laughs> which um, has uh, incredible camera work by the legendary Dean Cundy, which is why that movie in every iteration I've seen, I've seen a, d- a DVD now uh, DVD rip and obviously we'll be going to watch this Blu-ray has always looked fucking great <laughs> so I, I, I'm, I'm ready to be blown apart by the restoration work on it yeah, because Cundi's sure. amazing <laughs> yeah. so. I
2: actually I actually just talked about him recently because I actually, you know, I'm doing my 31 Days of Horror on mm-hmm. YouTube as well I actually watched Without Warning and he did the camera work oh, in that yeah. movie and, you know, and, and some of the best, I, I actually love that movie I know it's cheesy as fuck but <laughs> It has Jack Palance screaming alien. <laughs> you know, it's fucking... You know, it's whatever. You know, but I love it. But It's a DCB movie with Jack Palance and Martin Landau acting crazy. What can you... What's not like a like, you know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I talked about it because he did the camera work and it's very Halloween-esque with the slasher motif yeah. and shit. And, yeah. But, you know, that's about it. I can't wait to see his camera work in this because I actually started this movie. This is the one that... I never finished because it was like one of those ones where I'm mm-hmm. going to put on to see how this is for like the first like five minutes because I had to go to work. I'm like, I wanted to watch this so bad. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> this is a slow burn. This one is a slow burn, but it's, it's, it's really interesting. We'll probably, well, once again, when we, we come to talk about this one, because this one was on the video nasty list over here, um, we might, might delve into a bit of the facts as to why that movie might have ended up there because I have read back when I was doing the kind of original run of doing the nasty and talking about the section one section two movies from the DPP list um, I did a bit of research into it and there was theories as to why it was on the list um, but uh-huh. we can equate them up through 2020 eyes uh, looking back over the movie I'm really looking forward to it this is, this is one, of, one of these projects where I mean I know what we're like doing the Norman J. Warren one and I'm kind of waiting for the, the, the shoe to drop and maybe that's box set too, who knows who knows, uh, who knows? Yeah, you, you can never tell which is the exciting part about it, so we're back in a couple of weeks time anyway for The Witch Who Came From The Sea um, but until then I'm going to take a short break and when I come back I'm closing out the show and I'm doing it right after this you're listening to the podcast under the stairs and you've been listening to that podcast under the stairs this has been episode 255 a little look at premonition the second movie in the first American Horror Project box set by Arrow Thank you very much to my guest Derek For joining me again for that one There will be more of him in two weeks time As we look at movie number Three, The Witch Who Came From the Sea Very much enjoying this box set thus far Not a bad movie yet And already in the camp of I like The Witch Who Came From the Sea I'm 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 declaring this box set a, A home run Well done Arrow Video for putting this box set Out tonne of fun. Can't wait to get to box it too, because I've never seen any of the titles in there. And they all sound, well, for lack of a better word, fucking crazy. So <laughs> there we go. There's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs. wherever if you're listening to us right now, hit subscribe on that feed. That way you get the shows as and when they drop, and access to the entire back catalogue of Pot's content. We have almost, ladies and gents, oh, and I'm not even joking. I want to be joking, but I'm not almost... 800 episodes of content Under the Stairs In the back catalogue And if you're subscribing You're getting all the new episodes When they drop as well So you ain't missing anything That I've done From Under the Stairs Subscribe to the Teaputs Collective And you get access To the entire back catalogue Of where well, to begin with Jalo Opera Omnia Doing the Nasty And Chronicles. There's like over a hundred episodes on that feed as well. So, yeah, just loads. I think I say there's over a hundred. It feels like there's over a hundred. If there's not, we're damn near spitting distance to a hundred episodes of content over there as well. So, tons of stuff. And the best way to support me is by subscribing to both feeds. Visit the website, it's teaputzcast.com. Our merch page is teaputzcast.bigcartel.com. Com. we have a few enamel pins left and a few posters left and then next year i'll be looking at brand new merch i've got some ideas some designs have been sent through they're funky and weird and i'm looking forward to putting them out so yeah there will be more merch next year visit us on facebook facebook.com forward slash grips forward slash cast the teapots collective is facebook.com forward slash cast you can reach out and touch myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter, both can be followed at Cast. The podcast Under the Stairs will return to you this Thursday when we do a little bonus review of Blood Vessel, which is now available on Shudder exclusively. But until then, wherever you are, wherever the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from Under the Stairs and I am signing off.